Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment Podcast with the team at Mach 1 Financial Group. The Mach 1 Market Moment Podcast starts now. Thanks so much for joining us for another edition of the Mach 1 Market Moment. I'm Walter Storholt, joined as always by one of the great team members at Mach 1 Financial Group here in Northwest Arkansas, Retirement Income Planning Specialist. And joining us today is David Lee, and we're excited to dive into our topic today. David, are you geared up and ready to go to dive in today? Absolutely, Walter. Looking forward to it. It's one of your favorites. It's the mailbag where we answer listener questions here on the program. And I've got a couple good ones lined up for you this week. So we're going to hit a couple of different important topics on today's show. Let's start things off with Maria. And Maria's writing in from Bentonville, and she's got a short but sweet question here. Maria says, I'd like to retire in my late 50s instead of in my 60s. Are there any downsides to retiring early? Yeah, good question, Maria. And there certainly are downsides to retiring early, namely the fact that your assets are going to have to last for a longer period of time, right? So one of the first downsides to consider if you retire early is the fact that you can't collect Social Security until you're at least age 62. So let's say you retired you know, at age 58, then there's at least four years there where you're going to have to rely completely on your own retirement savings to generate sufficient retirement income for you. You're not going to have any supplemental source such as Social Security, unless you have a pension, unless you're one of the, you know, chosen few, so to speak, these days who have a pension. So the more pressure you put on your own retirement savings early on, the shorter those savings tend to last. And what I mean by putting more pressure on is having to take more withdrawals out early due to the fact that you don't have any other income coming in to supplement it. So that's one of the risks, I guess you would say, with retiring early. Also, there's certain general rules of thumb, what's considered to be a safe rate of withdrawal in retirement. So naturally, the younger you are, the less percent you can take out safely and still have you know, a good assurance or a good probability that the funds are going to outlast you throughout your retirement. So if you're retiring in your late 50s, your safe rate of withdrawal may be as low as, say, 3.5%. Whereas if you retire, say, mid-60s, especially once Social Security is turned on, then, you know, you could safely withdraw, say, 4.5% or so. That can make a big difference. So those are just a couple of things to consider. One of the things we can do for you that will give you a big leg up to determine is that realistic for you and your situation to retire in your late 50s versus 60s. We can do a thorough retirement analysis that is unique to you and your situation. We'll take into account the standard of living that you want to live at during retirement, the total amount of retirement savings that you have saved now, plus whatever contribution you're making to those retirement accounts between now and your projected retirement date, plus any other future sources of income you're going to have in retirement, such as pension or Social Security or rental income or what have you. And we'll be able to make a pretty accurate projection, assuming different rates of return as to how long that money is likely to last. So that way you can know whether retiring in your late 50s is realistic for you or perhaps if you need to work another few years. So give us a call and we can sit down and do that unique retirement analysis uh, for you. Great question, Maria. And if you are like Maria, maybe thinking a little bit about retiring earlier than normal, maybe in your 50s and instead of your 60s, and there's some complications you need to be aware of whenever that is the case, it's always a great idea to reach out to David Lee, Kyle Alexander, Matt Walters, the fantastic team at Mach 1 Financial Group. And as always, that number is 479 876 
2100-479-876-2100. And you can find them online at mock-onefinancial.com. Mock-onefinancial.com. That's also where you can go to submit questions to be featured on the program. We've got another good one here from Danica in Rogers as we hop a couple miles over. And Danica says, I've heard differing theories about the idea of using life insurance as an investment. David, what's your take? Yeah, I've consistently through the years on this program even um, have encouraged people not to view life insurance as an investment. Insurance is insurance. For example, think of it this way. Would you consider your homeowner's insurance policy to be an investment? No, it's a hedge. You're protecting yourself against some potential for loss. If your home burns down in a fire, blows away in a tornado, floods or what have you, you're protecting yourself from having a large loss that you perhaps could not recover from by purchasing that insurance policy. But obviously that insurance policy is costing you a premium. It's a cost to you. And so it's not really an investment per se. It's costing you money to hedge against some likely or unlikely event from occurring. So insurance is not and should not be used as an investment vehicle. Insurance should be used the way it was always intended to be used, which is as a hedge against some event from happening. So for example, let's say you're a young married couple, you've got a mortgage, you've got other debts perhaps, and you've got a certain amount of income that you're bringing in to the household each month. In the event of your death, your family's going to have those debts that they're going to have to pay for, plus they get a loss of income that they've got to deal with. So you can mathematically figure out what's the optimal amount of insurance that you need to purchase to make sure that that income is replaced and that those debt obligations are taken care of in the event of an unlikely death. You don't want to have too much insurance or you end up being what we call insurance poor, but you also don't want to have too little insurance so that in the event of that unlikely event occurring, your family's in a difficult position. So that's an example of the proper use of life insurance. On the other end of the spectrum, if you're older, as opposed to being young and married with children, let's say you're older and you've got a very high net worth and you're going to have a lot of perhaps death taxes that your family's going to have to take care of or deal with in the event of your death, then in those situations, life insurance can be appropriate as a way to help to mitigate or even completely pay for any death taxes that would be due upon death. So again, insurance is not an investment. It's a hedge against some event from happening, and that's the way it should be used. You don't want to purchase too much or too little. You just want to have the right amount. Always important to make sure that you're viewing the purpose behind your investments, behind the things that are inside of your portfolio. Insurance is a great example of where you got to make sure that you're applying the right purpose to those decisions and to your money. It should have a reason behind the decisions you make in your financial life. So good always to be reminded of that, David. One more time, your number to call is 479-876-2100 if you want to discuss your particular financial situation with the Mach 1 Financial Group team. 479-876-2100. Always online at mock-onefinancial.com. Then we've got time for one more question here, David. This one comes to us from Barry in Bella Vista. Barry says, I feel pretty good about the amount that we have in savings relative to the income that we'll actually need in retirement. However, I am worried about nursing home costs and don't really have a good feel for how to plan for that. What's your normal approach? Yeah, that's a good question. 
as far as what our normal approach is, if there is such a thing as normal. Every situation is obviously unique, depending on how old you are, depending on the health condition that you're in, depending on the total amount of retirement assets you have or don't have. The answer is going to be different for everybody. For some people, I recommend they don't even purchase long-term care insurance if you've got very little to protect. In other words, if you really don't have a whole lot of retirement assets, you would, you know, in the event of a confinement to a nursing home, you could be qualified for Medicaid very, very quickly. So in that situation, you wouldn't want to purchase it because you may not even be able to afford it. And you may not have a sufficiently large amount of assets to protect. And so you're paying a lot of premium for an event that may never happen to protect, you know, a relatively small amount of assets. So there are some people that fall into that category. On the other end of the spectrum, if you're blessed with a huge amount of wealth, just the interest that you're earning on the money each year is going to be way more than any nursing home would ever cost. So some people are self-insured, but then there's the vast majority of us that are kind of in the middle somewhere where you've got a decent amount of assets, but you don't have so much that you're going to be completely self-insured from that nursing home risk. And so in those situations, you may want to consider looking at either purchasing a traditional long-term care insurance policy, or a lot of times what we'll do is we'll have their life insurance products now that will pay long-term care benefits if you're unable to meet a couple of activities of daily living, things like feeding yourself, clothing yourself, bathing yourself, et cetera. And that way, the advantage of some of those life insurance policies that have long-term care benefits associated with them, let's say that you pay the premium into this policy, you never end up using it or needing the long-term care benefit because, you know, thank God you never went into a, a nursing home, for example, then you die. The insurance policy pays a tax-free death benefit to the estate or to your beneficiaries. So if you never ended up using the policy, it's not like all that money's just gone forever. Some of it comes back to you in the form of a death benefit. On the other hand, if you did end up going into a long-term care facility, you've got a certain amount of money that's paying out of the policy for long-term care benefits to pay to offset the cost of that nursing home, thus preserving the value of the estate for children, grandchildren, or for whatever your legacy goals are. So that's one example of how we can solve the long-term care problem without you feeling like you're paying all this money for an expensive long-term care policy. And the only way you're ever going to get anything back from that is if some undesirable event happens to you, such as having to go into a nursing home at some future point in time in life. Uh, another common solution is using using an annuity with a long-term care benefit. So those are two ways that you can get that long-term care protection that you're seeking without feeling like you're just losing that money forever. And if you never ended up using it, your family and your estate still benefits from those dollars. That's a great way to look at it, I think, there, David. And these kinds of questions, aren't they representative of the kinds of questions you're fielding each and every day there in the office? Oh, absolutely. These are very common questions. The ones that came in the mailbag this week, these are very typical questions that we see every day. So odds are, if you've got a question in your mind, the odds are high that someone else has the same question. So don't be shy about picking up the phone or calling us or emailing us because if you've got that question in your mind, I virtually assure you probably many other people have the exact same question. So if, again, you want to reach out to the team at Mach 1 Financial Group here in Northwest Arkansas, the number is 479-876-2100. 
come in, have a conversation, a review of your financial situation, and see how you might be able to benefit from some intense planning when it comes to your financial portfolio. But here's the great news. It's not that strenuous to come in and have a conversation with the team. They'll do the heavy lifting and make sure that you're educated about the plan along the way. If you want to get that financial review and talk a little bit more about how you can better prepare for retirement, 479-876-2100, the place to go on your phone. Give a call, 479-876-2100. And always online at mock-1financial.com. That's mock-1financial.com. David Lee, appreciate the help uh, this week on the program, and we'll look forward to another conversation with you soon. Sounds great, Walter. For David, I'm Walter. We'll talk to you next time on the Mach 1 Market Moment. Advisory services through Capel Advisory Solutions, LLC, DBA Fusion Capital Management. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the potential loss of principal. Please see full disclosures at www.mock-1financial.com.